ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. How's it going everyone? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. And in this one today, this is a live Q&A that was recorded last night uh, with me and Laura. Uh, I think this was actually one of the highest amount of people that I've ever seen on a live watching before, which is really cool. Uh, the questions were moving really fast, the comments were coming in really cool. Um, so it's really great to see that more and more people are starting um, to like these lives and they're starting to build up more and more people and more people are coming over to join in, which I think is really cool. So anyway, in this one, uh, we talked about so much stuff, as you know, we always do. It's a more of a hangout, you know, we read people's comments um, live in real time. And we sort of uh, answer questions as well. Um, t- towards the beginning of this, uh, how this started off, me and Laura had an idea where we were on a walk the other day through a nature trail. And me and Laura were talking about the question of reincarnation. And we were asked, asked the question, well, Laura asked the question, how do we know if we're on our last incarnation on this planet? So towards the beginning of this, me and Laura ranted about that because we wanted... we. It was something that is being playing on our mind. How do we even know this? Um, do we get certain feelings? Do we have certain experiences? So we wanted to talk around that anyway. And we also talked about where do our ancestors go and what happens to them. Um, so anyway, this was a, a really powerful one as always. Um, I just wanted to mention as well before I jump diving with this. Um, a lot of you people out there have been asking more questions about the, the free hangout that we're doing at the Lake District on the 20th of June. So just to give you guys some more details, um, the hike that will be happening in the morning, because a lot of you, a lot, some people have been reaching out, you know, a bit worried about the hike. Um, is it going to be a long one? It's not going to be Bear Grylls style, you know, it's not going to be a, a trek through the Himalayas, you know. Um, the, I've already thought about this in my mind, and the reason why I, I chose the spot that I did is because I wanted to make this accessible for all people, you know, if um, with all types of backgrounds. If someone, you know, can't, hasn't got the ability to trek, through the Himalayas or something, you know, this is going to be a nice, just a nice, it's nice leisurely stroll, you know, we're not hiking up any of the mountains, um, it's a really uh, beautiful spot that, I, that I've went to on re- many occasions, and it, you know, it'll probably take about an hour and a half maybe, you know, at a good at a good pace, um, but we're just going to take our time, uh, we might jump in the lit water, if people want to jump in the water, there's lots of things along the trail to, to have a look at, but basically it's a flat, nice lake that goes around, loops back around, we'll loop around the lake, which is a really nice spot, and then we'll come back to the place where I'm pl- planning on hanging out. So I just wanted to let you know that anyway, so if you're interested in coming to the live hang- hangout, well the live, it's live than live, it's a live hangout in person. Um, it's on the 20th of June at the Lake District, and if you want any more details about that, I will just email me or send us a message on any of my social media platforms, Instagram or whatever, and I'll send you the actual pinned location where we're going to be meeting up. The place where we're meeting up, there's there's many parking spaces. Uh, like I've said before, some people are going to be camping, 
Some people are going to be staying in the vans, some people are going to be sleeping in the cars, some people aren't sleeping at all. They're just going to come down for the day, for the hike, and on the evening, they're just going to head home towards the, later on the evening. So whatever you want to do, it's entirely up to you. Um, I would love to see you there. Also, I just wanted to mention that I'm now offering some one-on-one coaching if this interests you as well. Um, I really feel like right now on the planet, and this is what I'm really starting to notice more and more, um, I work, currently work with quite a few people who listen to the podcast and... I feel like right now than ever, um, we are living in a world where I feel like a lot of people need someone around them to talk to and bounce ideas off. I feel like when we, um, and on our journey when we're struggling with a lot of stuff and the mind's attacking you, for example, and we we're ho- we we the nature of human beings is to retain a lot of stuff, you know, and never seek advice or help from outside of the self. And I feel like there's something very um, crucial in you having someone around you to talk to and release and in that process you are, you're able to release certain things and not hold them with inside yourself as an energetic process and that tension will remain inside of the self and this is where disease and sickness manifests and I feel like we're living in a world now where we are we are starved and deprived of of you know of of true connection where we can actually get with someone and speak about certain things that's on our mind and you know and sort of once we speak about it that allows the process to be a lot lighter and release certain things that um are a burden in our minds you know so if you're out there you know and you're struggling with anything in your life and you want someone to bounce ideas off you want someone who you can just share ideas and get some extra thoughts i'm i've said this before but i'm now offering this in a one-on-one coaching style i do i've got a, a more advanced coaching setup where you can come to me and it's you know you get it's more advanced but you can also just turn up and do one-off one one-off one-off one-on-one sessions if this interests you so this is available on the website anyway so i love you all enjoy this one as always and i will catch you very soon peace out clothes for this one <laughs> i know on the last one i was talking about how i loved uh, going out in nature and <laughs> stripping down naked but it's very really, really funny because normally in the past i'll be doing i was doing that but this weekend just gone <laughs> me and laura just went away for a weekend to try to sort of um to lap up some of the sun that's in the uk and laura was the one who was taking the clothes off <laughs> I love being like, I love being in the water because I'm a Pisces, so it had to be done. Yeah, for sure. We just went we went away for a little bit for a weekend away. It was so beautiful in the UK, and um, it was about I think it was ten o'clock at night. It was it wasn't very sunny. It was, it was quite cold. Um, and Laura, all of a sudden, we went for a walk on the beach, and Laura just stripped down naked literally naked <laughs> and just ran into the north sea which is not the mediterranean sea to say the least um it had to be done <laughs> I, you know he's he's got like he's billy big bollocks with everything else but as soon as it gets a little bit of cold water I, you know he's uh, yeah i'm an aries what yeah. can you say <laughs> yeah it's a it's an understandable uh reaction when you're a fire sign but yeah. I'm, I'm a water sign so i love being in the water yeah, but me and, we, me and Laura went for a walk the other day and Laura proposed this very interesting question to us. 
um, we were going on a walk through this beautiful forest um, in a place um, called, not far from a place called Sea Houses in the UK. And Laura asked the question, how do we know if we're on our last incarnation on the planet? Um, so I held fire in that because I thought we could talk about it here and discuss with all you um, our thoughts around that. But I thought it was a really interesting question, you know. Um, it's clear to see that whatever we're immersed in on this planet right now, it seems to be that we're all going through this purification of our souls. We're learning so many different lessons. I know different people call this place an earth school, but it's clear to me that something is going on where we're constantly learning these deeper philosophical life lessons and which sort of transmute our shadow into light and learn a lot of different things along the path. You know, there's karmic ties in this place. There's, there's soul reunions, twin flames. There's so much going on in this place. Um, and this is something that I've thought about a lot, you know, um, when I've been going on doing, you know, I've been taking psychedelics, I've been working on myself from many different levels. It feels like I'm going through my own individual purification of my soul. Um, and when Laura proposed this to me, she said, you know, she said, how do you know if you're on your reincarnation, your soul? And for me, just to add, and then Laura can give her thoughts on it. But I feel like when you know, you'll, you'll, you will, you'll be getting inclinations with inside of the self that this is your last reincarnation, you know? So for me, when I've been having these deep experiences, I kind of feel like, I mean, you know, it's the million dollar question, you know, like, how do we know what happens when we die? Do we really know for our last incarnation, you know? And also to add to that, who knows what the universe has installed for us, you know, even if we are in our last incarnation on this planet, the universe might just drop something into the game and change it up. But for me, some of the experiences I've had really do, there is a voice inside of me that's telling me that this is my last one. And I have many reasons around that, but I'll let Laura add some more before I give some reasons why I feel like I'm on my last one. So yeah, but, but who knows, you know. The reason why I asked the question was, um, I'm really into an artist called Tashal Tana. And for her latest album, she said that she feels like she's on her last incarnation here. So it kind of led me down the thought of like, how would you really know yet that you're on your last incarnation? But I agree with Dan. I think it's a, like a, if if you do feel that way, it's probably like a, an intuition, something in the back of yourself is telling you like, this is the last lifetime you're going to have here. But it's not something that I've really felt myself. Um, I might feel it later down the line, but I still feel like I've got more things to uncover and shed first. But I'm not 100% sure, like, because how would you, how would you know? Because I feel like it's so, the, the, your concept of like the universe and God and everything is so vast that, you know, I don't think your human mind can really, can really com like comprehend if you're going to be, is this like um, incarnating again or not? If you know what I mean? So I don't know. I feel like. It could be my last lifetime, but I, I, would, I feel like it would be stupid to kind of say that it would, it's my definite last time here. I hope to God it is because I don't want to take another spin on this uh, this earth, but um, I'm not 100% sure. Yes. So so for me, I mean, I say about two two years ago, I, I definitely wouldn't even had a real deep concept of, of reincarnation. You know, I heard it in passing by of like philosophers like Alan Watts would speak about it. Uh, many other minds would speak about, you know, in, in passing sort of say of these karmic cycles. And I never really sort of got it on a soul level sort of say. But as I've been doing a lot more work, you know, I've been having the, the visions of past lives and I've been having um, all the different synchronistic events that's been turned up in my life. And it feels like everything is coming to this point for me. I mean, I could be completely wrong with this, you know, but it feels like everything 
the lessons that I'm learning, I feel like I'm starting to remember um, the lessons that you need to remember to to sort of to to stop that cycle of reincarnation, you know. And I feel like I'm in a position now in my life where the, the way that I'm moving my life in terms of clearing up my emotions, clearing up my traumas, I feel like um, I'm very, very close to whatever that is to do that, you know, to purify the soul um, to a sense. Because I just feel like, you know, like I said before, when you know in your soul, you know how close you are. And it's like the undescribable language, but you just know it's like it's sort of a churning in the back of your, your mind as you get closer and you start unraveling the work, you get closer to it. Also, just to add as well that um, there's a lot of um, literature and esoteric teachings being spoke about that when you are on your last leg of your reincarnation, sort of say on this earth, um, you will meet your twin soul, you know, you'll meet your twin flame. Um, so there's no doubt to me that's turned up for me, you know. Um, there's also um, dreams are also a big indicator of this as well. You have dreams of past lives. I see in the comments as well, I see you now said, asked the question, do you think dreams could be the past memories of past lives? Um, so some dreams that I'm definitely having are indicating to me of past lives. And they believe that when you are in your last incarnation, you know, you'll start getting more memories of past lives. Um, also, me and Laura's had experiences on many different occasions where we've seen ourselves as certain figures, certain things. We've also seen ourselves on maybe past in past lives or future lives. Uh, future lives were unsure. Or present lives. Or present lives. Yeah, that's constantly just going on simultaneously alongside of this. So I feel like you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. Um, that I feel like in my life, threads that have come up, you know, the Kundalini awakening I had, you know, when I activated all the energy centers within inside of myself. I feel like when you are to moving towards that last leg, whether it is or not, you know, I might just be completely off with this. I feel like you will start really going to that next level. You know, you'll start um, having big experiences where you start feeling people's emotions. You'll start bringing, clearing out all the karmic debt, all the traumas that you've built up of past lifetimes. Uh, you know, you'll activate your energy centers. You'll be able to have your abilities that we have in our true abilities, you know, of healing people and things like that, which for me have definitely been starting to bubble up and come to the surface, you know, some things I've been experiencing. Yeah. Uh, so there's loads of that anyway. I've heard that before where they say that... Um in a lot of different teachings to say like the goal is to to escape the reincarnation cycle and I think that makes sense because I feel like there's there's some beings that are so like ascended spiritually that they don't they don't need to come back into third density and experience polarity they don't need to kind of experience incarnating into a realm the kind of to learn the lessons that that they need to that they need to learn they're like at a different level and that they won't need to like incarnate to do that it speaks about that on this map behind me. This is the Great Awakening map. And if you haven't heard about that, go check that out. But it's it's um, it's um really interesting just to have a look and see the different topics that's on there and kind of research little things that's on there. I also feel like as well, just to add, um, you know, ascended masters could also be coming back into this. You know, they may have already ascended their, their consciousness and bypassed the cycle of reincarnation, but maybe... There is in that whatever's going on beyond this earth realm, maybe there's a, a choice or an option to actually come back and help other people ascend their consciousness, you know, because I kind of feel like it's evident that through all out history, there has been ascended masters that have come back here. They've brought the teachings back, you know, like Jesus was that example for me. 
Um, he was bringing these teachings forward in a way to try and bridge the gap to other people to try and help other people ascend. Because I think all, uh, fundamentally the whole planet eventually is going to go through this cycle, you know. And, you know, ma imagine if this people speak about how this whole Earth realm is being watched, it's being observed by higher beings, you know, all the time. And if we're stuck in these karmic loops, you know, or maybe there's certain people or entities that are trying to govern this planet, for example, um, and, and people are struggling to get out of it, you know, maybe the universe also has its own plan, you know, and it has to drop Senders Masters back into the game to give other characters a nudge, you know, like just like maybe there's people trying to nudge it one way, the sort of the cycle of reincarnation, bring you back into your low nature, keep you on that karmic wheel, you know, because it's maybe serves certain things. But um, also maybe the universe has its own plans and that's why it drops people into the game, Ascended Masters. Also, just to add to that as well, um, I heard this uh, piece of uh, work by Dolores Cannon and she was talking about how when people come to planet, come to this planet, sometimes in past lives we've carried out, you know, certain acts or something that were that were bad and we've built up a lot of karma. And she spoke about how some of the past life regressions that she was having, she was coming across people who have who have had who came across this information on multiple times where basically they've had so much karma built up in past lives that when they've come to earth they've chose to burn it all off in one fair swoop so that to me makes also makes sense as well because i feel like a lot of people in their lives right now are sort of um living out you know it seems to be like there's, there's some people in your lives who've had it worse than others you know i know we've all had traumas and we've all had worse things but there is certain people who i've come across who i kind of feel like you know they've gone through a lot of bad things you know on a physical level but you know on a metaphysical level that is a lot of life lessons you know that's a lot of um juice you know sort of thing to 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 burn off if you have got karma to burn that off so maybe that's why people do come in like dolores cannon says they'll, they'll choose to you know like to get have everything bombarded on them all in one go um and thinking that they can just burn it off and that's what and that's what they go for and do it you know some people's got that personality brave definitely. souls yeah yeah, I definitely don't think I would be choosing that, but who knows? Maybe my soul is an absolute psychopath. Yeah, I think Laura's soul is a psychopath because um, I think also as well, she, some of the things I'm starting to learn about her more and more, the way she just has the ability to, to jump in the North Sea when it's freezing cold and you'll end up dying it's that cold at 10 o'clock on a night. <laughs> it's not that bad. She's got a lot of a tougher... Lot, it's lot exhilarating. Tougher, a lot tougher soul than you think. <laughs> was I, gonna, I was going to mention something... Um, I remember watching a while back, it was a documentary on channelers. I can't exactly remember who was doing it, but it was a really good documentary. I'll go, I might try to find it and link it in the description after this is done. But I remember one of the channelers was saying, she was channeling a being of, I think, I can't remember what density or what dimension it was residing in. But the the, the being was like really highly evolved spiritually. And it, it was saying how hilarious it was to watch humans make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Because when you're in third density, it's like you don't have that broader awareness. So you're just you're in with your little tunnel vision. And so they found it like absolutely hilarious that humans can make the same mistake over and over and over again and repeat the same cycles. But yeah, I'll, I'll try to find that documentary and link it below. Yeah. I feel like as well, just out of that, I feel like, our, you know, our perception of time um, for, for on, from the human level, you know, we seem like we're, it's, it's you know, it's, it seems like it's gruesome. Like some of the things that we go through seems so tireless, you know, like what constantly, it seems so hard and challenging. 
but life is just probably on a micro level you know it's so small to hu to our human minds the way we see time it pro it seems vast you know but to maybe to highly evolved beings for for them it's just a drop in the ocean you know just like life is to a butterfly compared to the universe you know the the vastly different but on a human level we see we see it as like 75 years is such a long time or 80 years whatever how long we live yeah. but maybe to an advanced being it's just like it's just a flash you know that's what kind of, that's something that i had a really hard time wrapping my head around like to to them it's like this is just a blink of alliance and it's nothing just like you said but why like it's it still seems horrible to let like the sadistic and nasty things that go on in this realm like th th that's allowed to happen for our spiritual development but it's still when you're in this realm it's like it's horrific but on the higher planes it's obviously it's for our expansion and it's not that bad but here it is it is really bad yeah, it feels so real than real. it's yeah, it's I kind of feel cruel, like really. I kind of feel like we all know what we signed up for when we came here. You know, like for example, you would have been on the other side and you would have went, "I'm going to burn off all my karma. Give us this, give us that, give us that." And then when you're down there, you you forget, you know, and you're like, "Shit, this is tough." Also, just a funny um funny point of view. There's a, a Rick and Morty episode, um, where is it called Bob or something where he plays on the computer game? Oh, Roy. Oh, Roy. Yeah, Roy in the video game where he basically it's an arcade in an amusement park. And he plugs himself into the game called Roy, and he plays this character called Roy, and he believes in that game for, for like for you know his whole life, like seventy years. He lives out a job, he works in Costco and stuff. He gets Works cancer. at the carpet store. Yeah, he leaves his wife. He gets back with his wife, and then he, you know, he, he at the end of the game he dies, and then he just he flashes out of the game, and he's in an arcade, and all his friends are standing around him, and they're like, "Ha! Ah, you worked at Costco, you got cancer, then you went back and worked at Costco." <laughs> Um, and his friends like give me a go on that game uh, so I kind of feel like I wouldn't be surprised if that something like that happens you know where we just flash out of it and we're like and someone's around us our ancestors are around us just going ah you did that and you didn't do this <laughs> you're too scared to leave your job god <laughs> pathetic <laughs> I know but when you're in it you know it's a lot it, different yeah it's intense <laughs> Laura also asked another question as well she said to me where's my the question of where's our ancestors you know where's the people that's left this reality and stuff I think that's a that's an interesting one um, to think about, you know, what happens to to their souls. You know, are we fundamentally all a part of the same thing, and they just maybe, like, they just go through the the process of reincarnation again, and our grandparents, you know, and our parents who have passed, maybe our friends who have passed, are just in in other bodies. You know, there's a lot of evidence of reincarnation on the planet. I've seen so many. There's a great documentary on is it Netflix about that now, isn't there? I'm sure it's Netflix. There's a five uh, episode series on Netflix. I think it is about reincarnation. I think yeah, there's it's about mediumship as well. Yeah, mediumship there's as a, well. It's really good. I can't remember the name of it, but it was really interesting. Um, just talking about mediumship, uh, reincarnation. Uh, had a few different other episodes which are all out of what, near death experiences. That was it. I can't remember the name of it though. Yeah, a lot of people also speak about on the theme of ancestors as well. A lot of there's always a lot of reports pe speak people speaking about that when they do pass over, just before they're about to pass over, they speak of like seeing ancestors and stuff and the angels and things like that. So there seems to be like something, something uh, dynamic going on that when we do pass over and transcend our consciousness, there does seem to be a bridge between our ancestors coming to meet us and. Uh, sort of or angels or whatever you want to call them or spirit guides sort of um watching that transition uh bridging that transition over over you know so many so many people who on the on the deathbed speak of seeing uh past family members and stuff coming to them and things like that you know it's that's evident to see so there seems to be there is something to do with that you know yeah i definitely think as you as you die you're like yeah awareness is expanding outwards um 
like a, a week before my granddad died, he was he was in the house and he was freaking the nurses out saying that there was a girl in the house yeah. and there was men in the garden. But he like he was really seeing that and that was very real for him. And it was real, you know. Yeah, it it is. He's, he's just like see, he was just seeing stuff before he crossed over um, of what was already there. It was just, I think it's it's so so the universe or God whatever. It's like lovingly bridging the gap for you. It's not they say that leaving this earth is actually a much nicer transition than entering. Entering's quite a shock to the system and the, the birthing process in the mainstream medical hospitals is actually very traumatic for children and babies entering the realm. But the, the process of leaving's actually, it's actually quite, you know, it's actually softer. And I think that's the difference between Pisces and Aries. Like Pisces is the, is the like the, the surrendering and letting go and the relaxation and Aries is like the blasting into the realm, you know. Aries is the the head and Pisces is the feet. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, Arthur Good said, um, "Hope you are both well." My question is: Do we incarnate instantly after we die, or do we end up in some sort of limbo waiting for years after the right time to reincarnate? This is a really interesting one. There's a there's a really good film about this. I mean, Laura watched. It's actually I wouldn't. Um, I'm not promoting this this uh, branch of uh, media, but it's actually a really good docu- a good documentary or film if you want to call it that. Called um, it's called Soul, isn't it? Oh yeah, it was on a. Uh, was on Disney. Or yeah, Disney. I think it was a Pixar or a Disney film. Yeah. It was. It was just like when you know when you want to watch something just to chill out to. It's actually it was it was actually very a deep, nice little very film. Very deep to be yeah, honest. It was really nice. And it was all about a guy who was going on this journey of like sort of trying to you know break that cycle of reincarnation and you want to come back to Earth so much. Um, and there was like a waiting room to come back to to Earth, you know, and take the Earth to to live out the Earth realm. You know, it kind of it could be something like that. I've had a dream a while ago where um, I felt like I was looking through the eyes of a young of a young child, and I was in like a, um, it's hard to explain this, but it felt like I was like in a cinema room, sort of say, waiting to come to Earth. It was like really weird, and um, you sort of it was like a big screen of playing out multiple lives, and you sort of would like I don't know if you were like getting to pick where you go, where you go or 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 maybe it was just sort of a, a look at the draw, sort of say, like a you get like a ticket or something and come to Earth body. But that was a wild dream I had a while ago where I was in some sort of waiting room, uh, which I think is really mad. And, you know, dreams are interesting like that because I do feel it it taps into experiences like that. Deja vu is an interesting one um, that me and Laura's been speaking about a lot lately because uh, Laura said you spoke about in the past she doesn't have that many deja vus. Um, but I have them quite regularly and I had a, a deja vu the other day um, at the weekend just gone where it was actually so I've had this about two or three times now where the deja vu was not just a deja vu where I go oh I've I've had this before it was it felt like the deja vu was tied to another memory so um, it's hard, really hard to explain this but it seems like there is sort of like a um, like a memory attached to that to that feeling of the through the experience if that makes sense it's hard to explain. Yeah, I actually had a deja vu today, which was really weird because I never normally get them. It freaked me out. But in regards to the question, um, I don't know if we're... I think I've I've heard a lot of experiences where people have had traumatic, like, um, near-death experiences. Or what's it called when people are like... What's the... What's that documentary about incarnation? And a lot of people that say they've had past lives and they recall their past lives, they often remember that they had a very traumatic death and they incarnated straight away after that. So I think some people, like, as soon as they die, they might incarnate 
back into this realm if they've died before their time or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Or I think um, it could just be waiting in limbo. I, I, dip, I don't like. I, I don't even know. Yeah. How would I even know? I think it's just like it's. It depends on the soul and what lessons the soul wants to learn. Yeah, definitely. What exactly? Because the universe has a plan. You know, it seems like something's going on here that has a plan. But it's, Laura made an interesting point there about how she said some souls, you know, like when they die, they remember they come back into this life straight away and they remember because they just jump back in because that's the nature of it if they haven't learned the lessons or something or they haven't lived out whatever lessons they need to learn but um i for i for, I for example um had when i was younger i used to always tell my uh me mom and dad that that i used to always ask me say it to my parents um where's me other mom where's me other mom all the time and um I know me, me dad will be watching this now because my dad watches all the time. He watches all the stuff that we do because my dad's in all this stuff as well, which is really cool. Um, but he always used to tell me about how I lived out, a past, I had a past life when I was younger and I used to speak about how I had a mom who used to live in the attic. Um, and it was actually a place where I used to go, which is actually not far from where we're based now, which is really interesting. How me dad said I used to always point out this building and it's a really old building as well, like... Um, um, you know, it's a hundred year old building, if not longer. And um used to point it out and say, That's where I used to live, that's where I used to live, and um, with my mum in the attic and I got killed. Um so you know so who who knows, you know, I can remember that in the back of my mind now like of like it was yesterday and I can see me past mum in her dress and stuff, you know. And I always used to speak about it. But you know, as you move on in life you just sort of push that in the back of your mind and think it's nothing, you know, and just forget it. Yeah. But I feel like more and more people are starting to have these things flooding back within them, you know, especially as they become less stigmatized and people can have a basis around them and have communities to share these experiences. People will start going, yeah, I had the same thing, you know, instead of being feeling like you're going to be laughed at, you know. Yeah, I think there's a definite uh, shift in consciousness happening where people, because I remember like we when we went on the podcast and we're talking about seeing reptilians and that if that was five six years ago i think there would be a very different reaction but now it's a, because there's a shift in consciousness we feel more open to share these things without being stigmatized as crazy but i know there is some people out there that have wrote comments about that but as a whole it's like it's much easier to share yeah definitely. be open about stuff like that so i see you now says do you think the past present and the future all happen simultaneously uh, so everything that hap happened, happening, and going to happen are all in the in, now. In the now. Now, that's an interesting question, you know, like, like, uh, is this the only reality that's going on now or is or is the multiple Dan's, is the multiple Laura's, is the multiple you's, you know? Because I kind of feel like um, this place is so vast that it could be everything, you know? It really could be. It's like I've had moments where I feel like, I know like loads of philosophers in the past talked about how the t jumping timelines, how you can be living a life and it could be like a Dan now. And then when I wake up in the morning, I involve my consciousness and move into that Dan, you know, or move, and then and nothing changes, but it's only, the only thing that changes is your consciousness. So, you know, who knows in terms of that, you know? Yeah, I've heard that it's like everything's all happening in the now, but what I'm playing with in my mind at the moment is, is can parts of your psyche be trapped in the past if you've had a, something traumatic happen to you and your, your your psyche's fragmented so part of you stays back in the past and you have to go retrieve that that's the kind of thing i'm kind of working on or if it's just a different timeline or what i don't know yeah definitely um 
wonderful, wonderful Van Life says, a bit of Wim Hof's good for, for you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I need a bit more Wim Hof. Yeah, Dan should try it was, Wim Hof It was really water. interesting because the next morning when it was a lot more sunnier, I went in the water as well, but it was actually so cold. I don't know how Laura did it on, did it on the night time. It was insane. I know like there's also when there's a dynamic when you you know you go in the cold water and stuff like I do it all the time. Um, but there's just moments for me, like for that example, where I was just, I wasn't going in that water. No way. It was just far too cold. Um, but, you know, sometimes we just get moments of inspiration where we do that. You know, Laura's very daring with water. When she goes in half of the time into the water, I can't say no, and I've got to follow her in. You know, yeah. it's just my personality. <laughs> <laughs> I egg you on a bit, don't I? Yeah, you do. Uh, Al Bundy says the yogis say after one's kundalini a max of three or more I'm not sure what you hopefully mean by that Al but um, yeah it's interesting there seems to be definitely something about the kundalini and then obviously kundalini plays a big part in you know when when the kundalini is activated it seems that's a for me anyway just speaking from my personal experience when I went through that experience you know that feels like it's a it's a it's a time I don't know what the word is it's a time warp in, of consciousness where you really transcend probably ten or twenty years forward in your advancements advancement of 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 spirituality and consciousness you know you really get get a um, a deep insight into who you are and also like through that process which it kept coming back to all the time was um, you know ending that cycle of reincarnation so to say it, it, it's always there in the back of your mind of when you like sort of when the the kundalini energy is going through your body and your and your consciousness is going through like the kaleidoscope where it's going from you know from physical form to spiritual form to from ego to non-ego to sort of um self to other and it's constantly like a kaleidoscope going backwards and forwards and out um it, it's always telling you that so it doesn't surprise me that um that's why i always that's why i said in the beginning before and not to be you know, big headed or anything, I could be completely wrong because sometimes always in journey when Laura said this to me, when you think you know, you don't know, you know, um, you have a psychedelic experience, you think you're too confident, the universe will go, well, I'm going to put him back in the reincarnation again just to humble him. Um, so I'm always aware of that, but it feels like the Kundalini awakening to me could be also a symptom of when you're on your, <clears throat> on your end of your last reincarnation, maybe the Kundalini activates as well, you know, maybe that has a, a fundamental part in, in, in that transition, you know. It just solidifies to you that all the lessons that come from that, the undescribable lessons and the things that remain in you. Um, you know, it's hard to explain, but it, it does activate something within you, maybe for that transition or something. Yeah, good point. So, uh, wonderful van life says, what is the poster behind you? So this is the, it's up here, the Great Awakening poster. It's it's just got little, um, little bits of writing on, so behind it says like meditation dmt psychedelics terence mckenna mk ultra and it's just like little bits of information that just like pin pocket the awakening and it it's weird because before i came across this map i was already like i think a lot a lot of people are already as they go through their awakening they're already working through like different parts of the map just different things to research and there's stuff on there that i've never even heard of that if i'm bored one day i can just have a look and research something so if you Google the Great Awakening map, it'll come up. It also, uh, someone got annoyed because it says Q on there. And obviously people are like, it's obviously a psychological operation, but it's the other stuff on there. Is, it's just a poster, you know? Yeah, you know, it's just a poster. It's uh, The other stuff on there is like pretty interesting. So yeah, if you're interested, go check it out. Yeah. Katra Zanya, 
I think that's how you pronounce it, said, escape can be difficult if they catch our souls. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of um, theories, ar theories around that, you know, around the catching of the souls and preventing of the soul, you know, transitioning over that. There's a lot of rumours that that the, the requirement to keep this 3D density is to keep you in that reincarnation cycle because if, you, you know, if you're operating from your lower nature, certain entities and darkness can actually operate through keep operating in the veil but if every if the balance of the souls that do incarnate you know they can no longer operate anymore you know so there is some, some there's a there seem to be a dynamic playing out like that on the planet but also i think we do that to ourselves as well and um, i think fundamentally the key to this whole place is the self you know um it's kind of it's kind of interesting to to it's quite it's quite scary to be honest because i've had these big psychedelic experiences where i've really seen how it's actually my actions um, of not taking ownership of the work to, that actually keep me in these loops, that keep me in these loops of this uh, in this earth density, and it's kind of you know one of the scariest things I was saying this to Laura the other day. One of the scariest things is what can I not see? You know, I ask myself that every single day. What is it that I can't see? What is it? What is some trauma that I can't see? What is um, some life karmic lesson that I can't see? You know, and I'm in this loop and I just keep missing it and missing it. Um, but I honestly feel like one of the biggest things that I'm trying to do in my life is I'm working tire tirelessly to try and find what I can't see, and at times you know can be it can be scary, um, like you know really allowing you opening yourself up to that, and um, there is a lot of fear that comes up, especially just for me in the in the sense of just in case I miss something, you know, and, and um and if I if I if I do have an opportunity to to transcend this reality and I do something wrong or bypass something, I would I would I would really kick myself, you know. Yeah, that's what we've been discussing quite a lot recently is like, it feels like every moment in this life is some sort of test or challenge. Just today, for example, that um, we had our tea and I had a little bit of cider with my with my tea. I don't really drink. I just have like a bottle every now and then. And it felt like I got I got battered after I had this cider because sp I've spent so much time draw like bringing consciousness to my body and healing traumas and healing my nervous system and feeling grounded and present inside my body. As soon as I had this cider, I felt the the change. I felt like how it made me feel disconnected from myself. I, it made my mind not as clear, and it felt like that was like a lesson. Like okay, maybe it's time to, to cut out alcohol completely. So yeah, I think it's just it's trying to find the balance of being conscious but not kind of being too strict on yourself trying to find the right balance of like having a bit of fun every now and then but also like noticing when you're, you're taking things too far or when you're using things to escape yourself because I know that a lot of people especially like in, when it comes to mental health a lot of people use alcohol as an escape I, I mean when I was you know, living in Eckhart, as Eckhart Tolle calls it, like a heavy pain body where you've got unresolved traumas in your body and you haven't processed um, emotions. Alcohol for me was like, oh yeah, it's it's a nice a nice little treat. But now as I'm like, I like myself and I'm drawing more awareness to myself, it feels more of a unnecessary escape from myself. And I don't like escaping from myself now. And like I'm obsessively working towards consciousness. I love that. Susan Owen says, um, so you don't believe in Anthony Peake's theory that we live the same life over and over again until we live the perfect life. Then we move on to the next incarnation. Yeah, so I think what we were saying, I think really does tie in Anthony Peake's theory, to be honest. I mean, there's going to be different connotations in people's understanding. That's just the nature of this place. People have different perspectives on it. And, um, you know, I've read that book that you're referring to with that question with Anthony Peake's book. 
and he that book that you're referring to was there is called Damien. Um and he believes that we when we incarnate on this planet, um there is a higher self concept called the Damien, which it's actually originates from Greek that term. When we went to the Hippocrates Museum, that was actually in the Greek mythology. And I think that's where Anthony Peake actually got that inspiration from for that book. Because I know he I know him personally and I know he likes uh, Greek he know he loves Greece, you know, so he's probably been to that as well and seen the read the mythology on the Damien. Because that Damien is not just from the book Anthony Peake, you know, it's thousands of years old. There was a uh, belief that there is a kayak self inside of us that is guiding us and that's linked to deja vu, linked to synchronicities. So I think um I think it ties into that, you know, I feel like I think we can all see in our lives that there is a higher self that is guiding us. I've spoke about this before where I've had visions of the higher self um, in me, you know, um, as is sort of a Buddha looking guy on a, on a mountain, on a mountaintop looking across the planet. So I feel like there is something, there is a, because I feel like when we're on this, going on this journey of cleansing the soul, there does seem to be a, a dynamic in us where there's the the universe or the higher self or whatever you want to call it is presenting things and nudging us in certain directions to cleanse certain things and live out the perfect life like Anthony Peake says um, but you know it's a million dollar question when we clean out them things and we live out the perfect life what is the perfect life you know what does that even mean as well um, but to me I think living out that perfect life just means you know you living from the heart fully um, and once you live fully from the heart maybe that's when you don't have to incarnate again. You just transcend and move on. Yeah. So if you if you live from your heart all the time, like what would be the point in incarnating here? Because sometimes I feel like you need to be swayed away by the the darkness or your shadow to kind of learn these deeper lessons. So if you were just operating from your heart all the time, there kind of wouldn't be a real point. But I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Yeah. So artillery voodoo says, "What do you think ascension means?" I've heard people say this, but what does it mean exactly? What happens? when you've ascended so yeah that's the million dollar question is that what what does it really mean to ascend you know um i can only for me i can only speak from my own journey this could mean something else for someone completely different and and that's absolutely fine but for me ascension means like i just said before living truly from your heart you know fully from your heart and um when you're like you know when you have psychedelic experiences for example there's a part in my journey, I remember when I really had that big first breakthrough when I really broke through the veil, where I wasn't aware of my tendencies, you know, I wasn't really aware on a, a really minute level of how I was treating people and how my traumas were bleeding through through my actions in my entire life. And I think as you start, you know, expanding your consciousness more and more and heightening your awareness, you start seeing things that are out of balance. And I feel like that's the early stages of, of ascension. That's what ascension is, you know fundamentally it's you sort of you know fully removing all them blockages that stop you from accessing the heart truly and living from the heart and it's easy to say because i feel like we live in a world you know where we're challenged every single day i think that's the nature of this place that's why this reincarnation is so hard to get out of because um we have so many different strings of things that are pulling on us you know from all different directions we have opposition or kind of degree as well you know opposition in the sense of what's going on in the world now you know the fully seems to be some force that doesn't align to my consciousness it really doesn't and i'm just speaking from my own level of consciousness now and i can feel that resistance in me wanting to sort of face that opposition that i see in the world now with not with love you know but it's, I know fundamentally that's not the right thing to do. You know, there's the, always the famous story of Jesus when he was on the cross. 
and you know he they were doing all these nasty things from torturing him and you know he in that moment still operated from his heart um, and to do that you know it really takes a true ascended master in my opinion to be in that position where someone's doing nasty things to you and you know just look at them and just say i love you you know but i think fundamentally that's what the work is that's what ascension is is to really forgive everyone that's done anything bad to you to forgive yourself and also like um you know basically just like surrender to this whole place and um operate from that pure pure place yeah i agree i think you've. it's not easy you know what to do yeah um, i feel like sorry i was gonna say i feel like in my life i can feel that dance like it's like a pendulum you know it moves backwards and forwards i'm in love then i'm out of love i'm in love i'm out of love yeah you put that beautifully there i think just to add to that i think when you ascend you send dimensions that are the dimensions are frequencies inside yourself, which you get to by clearing out traumas, clearing out toxins, fasting, you know, being as clean as possible, living from the heart. And that's when you ascend into the, the different the different realms of being. And now that's, you know, we've spoke about this before, but it's like the Garden of Eden is it's from inside of you. It's like, it's like your own Taurus field. It's like you learn the lessons, you integrate them into reality and then it comes back to your heart it's like it's all or it's all operating from us in our own taurus fields mm -hmm. yeah what's that question uh this one or this one yeah this one yeah so infinite cardo says if anybody doesn't have experience with pyramids i recommend highly building your own pvc pyramid either a geezer style or Nubian, yeah, Nubian. Uh, style and practice meditation inside every day. They're amazing. I've never heard of that, but on the map behind us, it says Russian pyramid science, and that's something that I'd, I've kind of wanted to research for a while. So yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff with uh, pyramids and like how pyramids can be used as um, activators of of certain things with inside yourself. So like I've visited a lot of different. Um, you know when you when you like do podcasts for example and you travel around and you meet all these different weird and wacky people you know these weird and wacky beautiful people you you sort of come across and you'll come across a random person and they'll have these weird contraptions that look like some sort of spiritual sexual dungeon <laughs> in the in the houses um but you come across um like weird contraptions like that where people are experimenting with like using copper using crystals and um, a common thing that i see a lot of people who are highly respect where they'll have like a pyramid for example have a chair in the beginning of the room and it does look like some sort of sexual contraption <laughs> and um they have like a big pyramid above the the bed with copper coming down so i haven't looked fully into it but i know there's a lot of um who's the guy Nas nasim hameen i think it is nasim nasim hameen who's a biologist or a physicist he's done a lot of work into this talking about the quantum science of, of pyramids and how pyramids can be used to affect consciousness i think on some sort of conscious level i think we can all agree that there is definitely something playing out with that with the pyramids you know we all know that they were operating on some sort of level that affects consciousness um, and it seems to be that there's through the mythology and everything there seems to be something with the shape of pyramids you know the all seeing eye is above a pyramid um, the pyramids throughout all culture and it seems like this that structure has been evident throughout human evolution and spiritual evolution to um, help people ascend so i think we, we're moving slowly back to that you know where we're going to see more of these weird sexual contraptions <laughs> in our daily lives <laughs> so uh, robert says in my opinion our thinking blocks natural flow of energy we overthink stuff 
Do you want to tackle that first or should I? You can if you want. So, um, yeah, I agree. But I, I kind of have a, a little bit of a nuanced view of this. I think, I think our minds can become stuck in cycles of repetitive thought because of different core beliefs that we have and these core beliefs stem from different um different bits of programming that we've had from people around us and different traumas and as you start clearing out those traumas it starts to loosen the grip of these kind of repetitive thought cycles that you get stuck into and it and it kind of loosens up your loosens up the the energy that's tied around things because a lot of the time the um when you're stuck in these thought patterns, it, it's generating quite a lot of energy. But as you clear out the traumas, it loosens that and it helps the energy flow much better. And I don't think I had this really like it was a it was a mistake on my part as I went through my as I started my awakening journey. I thought the goal was to have no thought whatsoever. I thought the goal was to be like ultimately present all the time. And I remember um telling someone like they were going through a hard time and I was just like you're just thinking about it too much stop thinking be present now I look back now and I'm like oh my god that was so toxic to tell them that but it was I feel like there's a, a misconception that that gets pumped out in the spirituality community that the goal is to have no thought when that's not the case at all your thought is a sense and to say that you need to get rid of it is kind of quite toxic why don't you get rid of your sense of smell you can't do that really good point so yeah, I think as you as as you start to clear out traumas and the spells that you've been living under, the thought doesn't block you as much, and it's much more much more attuned to a higher frequency. If that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. You know, you just to add a different opinion on this. I hundred percent agree with what Laura's saying. I feel like, um, and this is what I'm going to say here is, is it's easier than said than done because this is something that I go through on a reg on a daily basis. Because I kind of feel like mind attacks play into this whole thing as well, where the, the mind latches on to certain parts, certain latches on to your identity that you've created of yourself. And I feel like, like Laura says, the goal is not to get rid of thought, but I feel like the goal for me, what I'm at, and this might change, I don't know, but I feel I feel like the goal is to um, detach from the thoughts, you know? The thoughts are always going to be coming there, but detached from them, you know? Because um, fundamentally, when these things are attacking you, really you know it's only attacking the the idea of the self that you have it's not attacking the consciousness part of yourself it's attacking the idea that you've built up upon yourself and if that idea of yourself is too rigid and can't be moved and i'm like you know i'm still work through this myself i'm just speaking of like from the astronaut perspective of my own self you know i'm telling myself this as well because the other day for example i was um i was really in the thick of it and laura knows about this you know so i had to go off by myself and i went to the park and I wanted to train, you know, because that's one of the things for me is that when I'm in the thick of it, I like to go to the, go to train. And when I'm moving my body, when my body's in flow, I can really start loosening the grip of the mind, sort of say, when it's really trying to latch on to something, some part of myself that I've built, um, some illusionary part of the self that I've built up. And um, I was at the park, and this is really funny, um, looking back at it now, and I was doing pull-ups on this bar that I use. And there was these crows in the tree, and the crows were... Um, it's hard to explain this. I know to someone maybe stumbling across this is going to sound crazy. But when you're in these moments of heightened states of awareness, when you've done a lot of work, you know, the world around you speaks to you in weird different ways and it, you, it interacts through birds and things like that. And I had this experience where I was looking up and there was these um, blackbirds, uh, sorry, crows in the tree. And we all know crows are also symbolic of death as well, which is interesting. And these crows were looking down at us and they were going, go on, give up, 
give up and they're like chirping down going give up i know you want to give up i know you want to give up and then um, i remember doing pull-ups on the tree and i was like doing i was on, on me on my last set where i just had to do 10 uh, pull-ups and i like went to like 14 pull-ups and i was like i'm never giving up i'm never giving up but that was caught sort of like the switch in my mind because i was really in a low point of inside of myself and it was kind of like the universe was like using what it knew that would trigger me to say no screw this i'm gonna push on you know so i think the universe does that in different ways for different people for me it was using the crows to take the piss out of us <laughs> i love that uh so artillery voodoo says advice on finding shrooms i can never find the little turkeys so um i've never actually ate a wild shroom that i've picked i've seen i've seen them growing in the wild but i've always been a little apprehensive because i know there's uh, there's like toxic ones that look exactly like it but Whenever I've um, whenever I've taken psychedelic mushrooms or truffles, I've always bought them online, and they can get they can be shipped across here. Yeah, I think um, Terence McKenna. Terence McKenna's wrote a book on it, honey. The the uh, mushroom mushroom guide guide to making mushrooms or something. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, I'm sure Terence McKenna's wrote a book about it, where he basically explains how to how to grow them yourself. You know, how to make them yourself. I'm sure that's one of Terence McKenna and Dennis McKenna's first book they ever made. It's likely that that's the first book that they ever made, isn't it? How to Grow Mushrooms. Yeah. Paul, Paul Stamets as well, he's got a lot of work on that. If you're looking at Paul Stamets, he's got a lot of work on mushrooms of how to grow them yourself, you know. But it's likely of Terence McKenna. And I heard a story once about Terence McKenna and a brother, and a brother when they were, in a, they were in a retreat somewhere in the UK or something. And then, you know, in the UK, it's very prevalent for shrooms to grow. And they said they were basically, it was just a part of their diet. They weren't even eating anything else. It just became a part of the diet where constantly the all they were doing was just eating shrooms all day and every day. Right. I think Laura's cats are having a, um, having a panic attack. I think they're on shrooms, yeah, shrooms the, as well. Yeah, they've got separation anxiety and my mom's going in the bath, so they're, they're kicking off. I'll tell you a really, we'll tell you a really funny story why Laura's trying to find a question. So at the minute, in Laura's house, she's... Um, She's obviously got two cats and she's looking after a brother's hamster and the cats are on murder missions all the time. They want to kill this hamster so bad. Anyway, me and Laura in the living room were doing some yoga and all of a sudden um, one of Laura's cats, Rocco, comes belting around the corner and all I hear is Laura scream at the top of her voice and the cat's got the rod, like the, the hamster's called Rodney, and he's got Rodney in his, mo- in his he's mouth. Like, he's got Rodney. <laughs> I was like, no. It's just like it was the last thing I expected him to have in his mouth because he likes to play fetch with a little ball of tissue. So I thought he had this little white ball of tissue in his mouth, and I looked at it, it was just the hamster with its mouth open, like, help me. <laughs> What's going on? I was on? like, he's got Rodney. <laughs> So funny. Oh, it was traumatic. But it was so funny because if, if it was the other cat, he would have been gone. He would have been. But luckily, Rocco was. Quite, he's, yeah, he's a Siamese, so he's quite a posh cat. Yeah, he's, so quite, he's, he's yeah. quite relaxed, so luckily. Um, he still wants to murder him every single day, but I just think he got him in his mouth and didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he just wanted to toss him about for a bit. <laughs> so um, Kai says, what's your views on 5G? Yes, yeah, so 5G is an interesting one. I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it enough. You know, I don't think there's been enough research done on it to really understand what's going on with 5G. Um, and there's some great documentaries out there. I think there's a guy from the northeast of England actually called Mark Steele. Um, I know people, he's reached out to try and come on the podcast when I was doing the podcast in the past. Um, he's quite, he speaks with the same, quite a, a bit stronger accent than we do. Um, but he's from this, not far from where we're located, and he's doing a lot of local, localised movements to try and 
get these things actually scientifically looked at on a better basis and things like that. But um, for me, honestly, I just I haven't really looked into it enough. The, my intuition is telling us that there seems like there's something up with it. Why would you put something out on a mass level that's untested, you know? I, can't, I feel like there's so many things like that on the planet now that we're doing that we're just haphazardly putting forward that we're not going to really see the repercussions of them until like 20 or 30, 40 years time when we're all walking around with big tumours on our heads. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you find out about the transhumanist agenda, it kind of scares you a bit when you see all the five G towers coming up. But I think it's just I hate, I don't want people I don't like when people are like oh five G is the next thing. Be scared about five G. It's just like you know if if people want to live in that world where they've got five G towers going up and then that's maybe that's me like being a bit what's the word privileged because I know we want to get land and stuff and there's people like still living in this system that it's affecting. So I don't know. I just uh, I haven't been putting my mind to five G quite a lot because I'm trying to focus my energy on building something better. Yeah, I mean, building we, we, a life we, where five G is not there. We you know we we all know that that frequencies affect the human body. We all know that. You know, Tesla talked about that for years. You know, and it's it's evident to see that. You know, when you if you for example if you go near an electrical component, and if you're in tune, you can feel what it's doing to your body. You know, I mean, right now even. We're sitting in front. I've got a recording device for the podcast version of this, you know, that goes out on the audio tomorrow and I can feel the resonance of it, you know. Even, for example, there's things that's going on that we don't even know. When I edit a podcast, for example, and I take the audio, when you put your earphones in and I listen to the audio, I can always hear humming. So even though now I can't hear humming, I'll put that on and there's a radio frequency that's being pumped out, you know. So there's there's a lot to be said about frequencies that's going on that we don't understand and don't see. You know, there's a lot of theories and theories that you know the government are doing this on a regular basis. You know, it's got programs where they're blasting frequencies out to try and affect you. You know, who, who knows? You know. Yeah. So, Mohammed says, um, "You're talking about healing trauma, and I asked a legit serious question, and y'all just skipped it uh, with a simple scroll while I was watching, waiting for an answer. That's not cool." Yeah, we don't. We're, we're, we're trying honestly. If we can find it, we'll answer. We're answering every single question. We're not skipping any question. Yeah, we're, we're just not, like it's hard not, when you're like trying to talk and then scroll listen, and then remember what not, you're gonna say. We're not the. I'm not. We're not the podcast that that skips any question. I'm. I'm not. I think that's shown again and again and again that I've shown that I think I've shown many times. And I don't probably don't need to say this, but I'm. I'll answer any question. I'll tack anything. I'm not yeah. willing to, I'm not, we're not skipping any questions on purpose. It's just moving so fast that we're, sometimes we don't see. Yeah, and it's also, I think a lot of people don't realise, it's like, don't take it personally if we don't read your question. It's just, it's hard to to kind of remember what you're going to say next. It's it's a weird dynamic when you're actually speaking on camera and, and, and doing a live stream. So you remember what you're going to say next. You're, I'm trying to jump off Dan's point. I'm trying to look at the comments and see. It's like sometimes things get missed and please don't take it personally because yeah, it's, it's not, not personal. We'll answer everything, you know. This, these are not going away anyway. We'll come back to them again. So the, the, the question was, how do you, how to get right. over betrayal? Well, you, to get over betrayal, it always just comes... Fundamentally, this, is, might, you're not, this might sound hard. You might not want to hear this. But it just comes down it, to get to, the, to really get to that root, root of betrayal is that you have to find that forgiveness within you. 100% you have to surrender, you know, no matter what, some, how hard someone's done something bad to you or betrayed you, for example. The, the lesson in that for me is always to get back to the heart, like we said before. And it's easier said than done, you know, because, you know, people carry out really bad acts on the physical level. 
But fundamentally, that's probably your challenge to get no matter what's gone on there, whatever level of betrayal has gone on. We've all had levels of betrayal. Um, but the only way to, 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 to not carry that anymore, because, you, you know, you will carry if you hold betrayal inside yourself. Half the time, you're not even affecting the other person. You're affecting yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, so you have to let go of that as quick as you can and release it. And it's like I said, it's easier said than done. But if you focus on it and move towards it and you can't just go, ah, now forget that person or forget that thing. It's a it's an inner process where you move towards that with inside of the self. Yeah. Forgiveness is a process for things like betrayal. And I think you have to work through like the process of the like the anger, the resentment, the grief. And literally, the I think the last thing is it's I think for me, it's I can forgive people easier than I can forgive myself. But forgiving yourself is just like forgiving the fact that you, you you fell for it or you went along with it or you trusted this person. But remember, it's like you're always you're always coming from a place of like your own consciousness. You're only doing the best you can at the time. So it's yeah. it's easier to kind of have forgiveness for yourself when you have that understanding that you're just trying your best from your level of awareness. Yeah, you'll get there as well. It'll just it just um it just it just takes time. You'll you'll get there. Um it's not easy this place you know it's like we all have certain elements that we're working on and if you're not being able to get to that state in your mind now where you can just forgive someone eventually it will it will fall off you know and then you'll probably move on to something else yeah. <laughs> one scab will fall off then another will form <laughs> <laughs> that's life basically isn't it i'm constantly just flicking scabs off me my arms are bleeding all the time I'm just like boom <laughs> Um, my dad actually asked a question on this one. This is a real. This is this is this is my dad's question. This is a good one. He says, "If you were both given the choice to have your consciousness transferred into a clone of yourself, so you could have sense be or sense be immortal, would you do it, or would you just do as the universe intended?" intended. So I'll answer for my dad on that one. My dad would. <laughs> he definitely would. Yeah. He definitely would have his soul transferred into a con- into a consciousness. <laughs> um, I don't think I would. I think you, if you if you if you don't die, question, yeah, if you don't die, you miss the point. Like that's why the elites are kind of trying to to prolong their lives because they they're not really they're not really living. They're just kind of existing and taking. But I think if you if you live forever, the life would be pretty boring. Yeah. I think there's always that sense in me where you know I would love to. There is a part of me which I think my dad's very similar as well. Where I think. There is a part of me that wants to also live forever, you know. Like there is, there is a part of me. I'm not going to lie to that, you know. Maybe we all do live forever anyway. But I, I think what he's referring to is in in this physical form to experience, you know, whatever's going to be coming in the future. Because I think there's all always that like science fictiony thing in the back of your mind where you you know you, you life's when you're really in the flow of life, it's so exciting. Like I've felt like I, you know I could live a million lifetimes and still find enjoyment and find out things that I want to learn. And but I know that these physical forms that we're in do have a um, have a what's the word I'm looking for do have a sell by date and eventually you are going to cease to be but there's also a part of us that you know wants to like to see what's in the future you know what's coming Um, but I feel like also as well I think in that process if we do get transferred into something kind of you've got to also ask yourself the question if 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 this place intended that then maybe that would be maybe that would come up but I kind of feel like where we're at right now in our lives maybe if we do that Maybe we're missing something that, something that's meant to be. You know, maybe the transition of death is the one of the most important things, and we need to like. You know, I kind of feel like this whole place is set up in a way where it's like, 
it's it's beautifully semantically set, set up in a way where you're born you have this window what forces you to live out your life and learn the lessons in a certain time period and then eventually the death actually sort of you know pushes you to something it pushes you to to it pushes you along in life sort of say having that in, in the game 100 percent So Kai says, have you ever practiced Kundalini? Yeah, I've never, I've done it. I went to a retreat once where I did um, a lot of Kundalini practices. But to be honest with you, um, I didn't, I didn't like them. Like I really didn't like them. It wasn't for me. I mean, maybe I need to try it again, but it just wasn't for me. Uh, it really wasn't. Um, so for me, I, I don't know. The, when I had the Kundalini experience, I you know, in a sense, I wasn't doing specifically focused Kundalini awakenings. You know, like it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like I'm trying to be careful with my words how I word this, but and I'm maybe I'm wrong with this. I'm not too sure, but I kind of feel like there's a culture that I've seen around a lot of people where that you know the people sell these courses of like how to access your Kundalini awakening, how to access your Kundalini and stuff. You know, the practices are cool and stuff, but I feel like, for me, what I've learned is that the Kundalini is going to activate when you're ready. If the Kundalini activates at the wrong wrong time for you, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, you really are. You're in trouble because it's, it's not it's not just like a... It's not just a five steps to, to like, to spiritual awakening, you know? It's not like... You know what I mean? It's not just it's not just something that you can buy, like you buy a car outside in the street or you, buy a, you go down the street and you can buy a cheeseburger or something it's not like that you know and but the, there seems to be a culture with a lot of spiritual teachers where they're trying to sell this package to you where you can access your kundalini you know it's not something that should be ac- accessed at the wrong time i feel like it's going to activate when you want your right time or it will blow it will blow your mind up if, you, if you're not ready for it yeah i've never experienced it so i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure yeah it will so uh joe says growing up did you ever feel like an outsider like you didn't fit in yeah not even now yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a common theme throughout my life is just never fit, fitting in always feeling like that outsider of a group but i read a quote not long ago that said if you felt like an outsider in the old world it's because you're destined to be a leader in the new one so i that really resonated with me because i feel like up until 2020 it felt like my whole life had been been a training course for like these years to come so it felt like I was in, it was like kind of grooming me for like, uh, for what's about to happen on the planet and what is happening on the planet. So it's interesting because a lot of people who are awakened right now have had the same feeling of feeling like an outsider. Yeah. Common thing though, isn't it? You know, like trying to, trying to, as you start starting to wake up, you feel crazy, you know. So I see you now says, what about animals? Uh, they all have very different person personalities, feelings. Do they ascend? Do they choose to come back? So I heard that um, I heard that sometimes an animal might choose to incarnate as being a pet because the love they receive from humans helps them ascend spiritually. But I'm not sure. That kind of does make sense because like you can have a very close bond with your pet as Dan's as Dan's learning as he lives here because he's an animal person now. Yeah. <laughs> Animal person. Yeah, he didn't used to be an animal person, but now he's living with uh, two Siamese cats and a hamster. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird dynamic, you know. Um, 
it's a weird dynamic with animals. I think it's, it's like what you've seen before about do because I always ask the self self the question. This is something that me and Laura debate on all the time in the, in the sense of sentience and consciousness in other animals and stuff. Because we've said this before, but I believe that everything in the universe animates a form of sentience and consciousness. You know where Laura has slightly different opinions to that. Um, but it's the common question. You know if we are if we are sort of incarnating and reincarnating into physical bodies, it makes sense that there's also probably people incarnating and souls incarnating into animals, maybe into trees, maybe into rocks, you know, maybe into dildos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just going to ignore that one. <laughs> yeah, but it makes sense, you know, that there is there is people transferring into dildos. <laughs> I think a pandemic showing us that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely the pandemic showing us that. So Dini says, I think the vaccine is part of, um, I think transhumanism. I think nanorobots is working within, in conjunction with the wireless technology. I, I don't know. I don't like to think about stuff like that because it's, it scares the life out of us. Because I've seen those Black Mirror episodes with them, with them little robot dogs, and if someone, if someone steals something, these little machine robot dogs like will come and just brutally murder them. So I don't, I don't like to think of that kind of reality, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a wild one to say what what is going to be happening with that, you know, what's going to be manifesting with that. But like at the end of the day, I've said this before, you you know all know our stance on that, you know. Um, you just have to follow your heart. What is your heart telling you? What's your reincarnation telling you in this place, you know? Yeah. Because you do have a choice, you know. You always always have a choice. So Joe says, uh, did you ever have spiritual experiences as a child? Um, it's hard, hard one to decide because maybe I did, but I didn't really have full contextual understanding of what a spiritual experience was. You know, I did have an experience when I was younger where, for example, I seen a past family member who'd passed away um, that looked to me when I was younger in physical form. I looked at it but a window and it was, it was me um uncle who passed away was sta- sitting in, standing in a window waving at us and I went running up the stairs and he wasn't there. Um so there's there's definitely been things like that, for example. Um but how would you even know, you know? Like here's one for you, right? If for example, um a spiritual experience could be as a child seeing some form of entity, maybe um like me and Laura spoke about before, we've seen the Darth Maul creature, we've seen the reptilians, or we've seen maybe uh, fairies, for example, you know, or um, or whatever it may be, a monster, like your kids call a monster, you know, because kids have experiences like that all the time, and it's evident to say that kids always say that, like, you know, they're, they're seeing things, they can see things here and stuff like that. So, I mean, we are, as we are younger children, it seems that a lot of young children are seeing certain stuff and there's a theory around why they're doing that is because the children's minds is a lot less malleable to the hasn't been as programmed heavily into the 3d as much and they have the ability to to be a bit loose in terms of what they can see and what they can experience yeah i've had like i've had quite a few experiences as a kid where i saw entities like i saw the darth Maul one when i was about I say I was about, I always say I'm about 12, but I could have been about seven. I, I'm not sure. Like, as you get older, you, you don't really know the ages of things. But I've seen the Darth Maul entity, and I also saw, it looked like it, it was a being, I woke up in the night where I was on holiday as a kid. I was, I think I was about 13 at this point, and I was in Cyprus. 
and I woke up and I thought someone was on the balcony, but it was like this being that was, it was like morphed into the condensation. And I thought it was my brother at first when I woke up and then I realized it wasn't, it was just like a, an entity like watching us as I slept. And I didn't know what that meant until me and Dan were doing, doing some deep work this one time and I was working through something in my life and it took me back to that memory and that entity was there to show, it was there to show me something that related to me that I couldn't really piece together. But, and then as soon as I made that connection, I touched my third eye, it was like an automatic thing. So I think that was interesting. I think sometimes you might, your higher self, or, or the universe might leave you little clues along the line. So when you go back and look over your life and do the trauma work, you can kind of piece together things and see how, how, genetic cycles of trauma played out so robert xra says can you see other people wearing can you see other people wearing masks and how do you react to them do you tell them wearing one or uh, tell them them they are wearing one or do you leave it be um yes i think i know what you're referring to that um so yeah obviously i don't i don't encroach on anyone's consciousness you know i feel like everyone should have the ability if someone wants to wear a mask they should be allowed to wear the mask you know but it goes the other way as well if i don't want to wear a mask someone shouldn't say anything to me either you know so that's my that's my position on that you know i'm not going to go out the, out of my way um to to tell someone they shouldn't be doing something with their own body or their consciousness because i believe that we should all have body conscious uh, body sovereignty you know whatever whatever you believe in yeah um, and that's my solid stance on that Made by Jim Bob has this really, really funny meme where it's like, you know, the um the pro abortion movement is my body, my choice, and then it's a person went as top saying my body, my choice, and then it's a holding up sign saying mandatory vaccines now, yeah. <laughs> wear a mask now. Yeah, it just shows like the contradiction of this place, how people's like yeah, people want yeah. to see a sovereignty over the body, but then they want to tell you how to have sovereignty over your body. Yeah, just hilarious. I think social shames, I think it's the way this is happening is it's being held up by social shame because I, I bet like 70% of the people don't actually want to be wearing masks. They probably feel like it's unnecessary with, you know, with the level of whatever the pandemic is or whatever like that. Yeah. And I feel like, but there's such a, a, a social sh shame and stigma around not wearing one that people just put them on. And that's how the whole thing is kind of held up. You held up, yeah. And if that was just to disappear, I would be interested to see what would happen. Because if all of us just carried out a certain action and said we're not having it, it would be very interesting to see how that played out. To just mm -hmm. to add to that as well, I mean, as I'm more and more as I'm interacting with in the sort of with certain people in certain situations, I'm seeing more and more less people actually now wearing masks. For example, you know, it seems to be there is a little shift happening. Um, someone asked a really good question. And just moved down there. Um, Artillery Voodoo said, if you could do a podcast with anyone in history, who would you do it with, and what would you ask them? I would actually do a podcast with myself. I was not expecting that. That would be a cool one. You do a podcast with yourself? Yeah. That's that's an Aries ego talking. I'm trying to think who I would do a podcast with. But I would love to do one with myself and see, because there's so many questions I want to ask me, self, me previous self in history. Maybe from another life or something. Mm. That would be cool. Yeah, you can outdo mine. I'm trying to think of who I would do. I'm not sure. I'd have a lot of questions for mm. myself. I don't even know who I'd who I'd speak to. I don't know. I'll come back to us on that one. I'm not sure. Uh, 
someone said, uh, Michael Vasek said, I think practicing the secret secretion could nudge your Kundalini awakening. Yeah, definitely. It could be. It could, it could, it could you know, I've looked at, done a lot of work into the work of sacred secretion. I think it's interesting as well with the sacred secretion, if you haven't looked into it, you know how we all have certain cycles that um, are aligned to our, to our moon cycle, I think it is, that actually can um, increase Sorry, on, on certain moon cycles, that secret secretion is more prevalent to be accessed within the human body so that you can access alternative of consciousness. But ancient cultures knew about this, you know, and then when they were doing certain practices, they were operating on these moon cycles, these astrological moon cycles, and no, knew that their bodies were more attuned for the deep work, you know, on them certain times and periods. We've lost so much touch with this, you know. Yeah. So Artillery Voodoo says, I've got a bunch of letters from the NHS I haven't opened. I don't know if I should answer them or tell them to bugger off or just ignore them. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I have people in my family who's having the same scenario, you know, there's going to be pressures from all different angles and it's a, it's a hard one, you know, it's a hard one. It's, it's, it's obviously you have to choose in your game because this is a game of how you want to move forward and what you what stance you want to play because I still feel like we can see what's happening. I keep saying this on a lot of podcasts, but we can see the momentum that's starting to slowly build up, you know, and it's, I think it's still, we're still at this point, I feel, in my opinion, where the pressures are still going to start coming a bit more. Um, it's going to start ramping up, you know, the different le yeah. levels of it. And um, we're going to see a lot of more social pressures and job pressures in terms of maybe adopting certain measures or doing certain things. And you just have to, you know, you just have to keep asking yourself the question, I'm never going to tell anyone else how to live their life and live their game. Yeah. But you just have to, be tr you have to stay true to what you believe in your heart and if you stay true true what you believe in your heart you know then it'll t it'll, it'll keep you right it'll always show you the right path and that's all i do i'll do i'll do all do every single day in my life you know yeah i think that i can i think they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot while saying like oh the vaccine like two vaccines are not going to be effective you need three you need to top up one every year it's kind of like yeah, it's hilarious though, it's like if people still believe that this is the, you need a vaccine to get on with life because it's it's going to save your life from a, a a deadly virus i just think like i don't know i just can't yeah. i just can't relate to them i just don't understand it is like a game though i mean like they're talking about booster packs and stuff like <laughs> it's like booster packs in a video game you know you need a booster pack now you need a booster pack you need this booster pack well the pharmaceutical <laughs> industry is just going oh yes money yeah exactly <laughs> gonna make money for life exactly booster packs <laughs> who wants a booster pack uh, so Roger says, seen any physical UFOs, guys? Seen five in total, three in the last two years. I've seen, definitely seen some wild stuff up in the skies. I've said this a few times, but um, when if you go in more into the sticks in the UK in certain parts, I think Lake District's really good uh, where the hangout's going to be. And also um, Kiel is a good one as well. In the, in the, in the, and there's other places in, in the UK as well. But, you know, you always see weird and wacky stuff up there in the skies, you know, all the time. I don't know what they are, you know. I don't know what's going on up there. Maybe it's something that we don't even can't even comprehend, you know. Yeah, I've never seen I've never seen a physical UFO, but I've I've seen the greys. I've spoke about this a couple of times. I've seen the greys um and during an out of body experience, and I didn't re actually realize how small they were until I saw them. I always thought they were like as tall as us, but they were like little three foot things. Yeah, Kai Vera says, "What music?" Are you both into you? Do you go to gigs and festivals? Well, we're definitely going to go and go to gigs and festivals right now. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. We're not getting prodded like cattle. That's for sure. We're not getting probed at my butt. <laughs> yeah. 
So what kind of music would you say? You've got like quite unique music taste, haven't you? Mm-hmm. I, like, I like all type of music, me for sure. I like yeah. every, I like loads of types of music. I don't yeah. even know what you would call it, really. I mean, I like I like hip hop. I love hip hop. I love like UK based. I, I love all, m- most of my music that I like is very much like sort of anti-establishment. <laughs> I love anti-establishment where people's like fuck the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> I love Techniques music. Yeah, Techniques, a really cool technique. Techniques, is, who I've had in the podcast, if you check out his music, he is such an underrated artist, in my opinion. Um, and we know that why he hasn't had the spotlight for, because his songs are just next level in terms of truth. Yeah, literally, like, there's... When we listen to rap, and then you listen to Technique, it's like... Yeah. It's like, his lyrics are just so spot on. I love him and his crew, you know, like, Technique, Wisdom. They've got a... Con- called Concrete Slugs. They've got a new album out. I had him on the podcast. He was actually the last podcast guest I ever did podcast with i really respect tech um but i like every type of music i like also like chill mix um i like yoga really soft meditation music i like tibetan bowls frequency music um sometimes even like music that just probably i can dance and jump around to yeah so, so much i like i like all kinds um but i listen to quite a lot of tash Altana, um I like funky stuff like FKJ, um, Ocean Alley, Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers. Uh, Erica Badu. I like that kind of music. Just anything like kind of soulful, funky, a bit of R&B. I love stuff like that. What was the question that you were reading there? Uh, I don't know. I thought you were like highlighting the question. Oh, no, I wasn't. So uh, Roger says, nice one. I think if you look for them, you will uh, you see them. Yes, seeing greys and astral in psychedelic trips. I've never seen them in a psychedelic trip. I've never seen any sort of... I've seen an entity as a, a mandala that I've spoke about in a in a YouTube video that I did, but I haven't actually seen any like greys or aliens when I've, uh, when I've tripped, but that'd be something cool to see. I know a lot of people have seen angels when they've tripped, so... I would love that would be such an amazing experience to have like the room like fill up with angels. I've been reading a book by um Lona Byrne. She's a woman who can see angels. She actually did an interview with Graham Hancock. It's on YouTube if you want to check that out. But her book she talks about how she's been able to see um angels like throughout her whole life. It, which is interesting because she's she's actually got like quite bad dyslexia and she couldn't actually see see she couldn't read or write. But the angels told her that she would be writing a book one day and she actually managed to write a book with the help of her friend. But it, it actually goes to show, like, I think you've got dyslexia as well because you struggle with um, struggle with spelling. But I think it, when people have dyslexia, I've always saw them as quite more intuitive and sensitive. I think they're operating more from the, the right hemisphere rather than the left hemisphere, which is a lot of people are operating from. Yeah, I definitely feel like in my life, some of the, all the things that I've done, you know, they do, I do from phys- from the physical sense of things, prevent me to do certain things, quote unquote, that you're meant to be able to do, sort of say, but it actually frees me up in my mind space to be able to be more, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, more like sort of operating from that more intuitive, intuitive part yeah. of the self, you know, to be able to see things beyond the veil, sort of say. Um, should we answer two more? Yeah. 
do you think the media and the government bringing out ufos is a related to the project bloom beam there's always an agenda what do you think yeah so i think the project blue beam is the is a i might be wrong with this um correct us if i'm wrong is the what i've spoke about in the last live i did where i said that they're going to do like they're going to be a fake alien alien invasion basically yeah it could be i you think know. so it I could be that. a lot of people spoke about that for years you know what i mean you know, I just don't trust them, you know, at all. I do not trust them at all. Yeah, they're like evil geniuses. They keep us on our toes, but it's a... Uh, but I think that alien yeah. invasion anyway is already here now, you know. I think that they don't even need to do that right now. I think maybe they were at this point where, you know, they, they had to choose between... They had many, probably had many different, like, evil little guys on the table, like, mm, what do we do to them next? I know, we'll create a fake pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll get them to believe it, and we'll create a big satanic ritual around it where they all wear the masks and they'll all buy into it and we'll make invisible, lots of money yeah an invisible force <laughs> take away all their powers and adopt all new legal legislation that'd be brilliant so we'll subdue all the males as well <laughs> with that yes we'll subdue them with pornography first to mm. soften them up <laughs> and then we'll then we'll crush them yeah so, uh, but they didn't take into consideration <laughs> that I stopped watching porn a long time ago <laughs> So uh, F. Wilt says, um, when's the Lake District meetup? Yeah, so the Lake District meetup is on the 20th of June. Um, so a lot of people have been asking about this. So it's free for anyone to come. Just come and hang out. What we're going to do is we're going to go for a little hike in the morning. And people have been asking about the hike and saying, um, is the hike going to be long and stuff? It's not going to be Bear grill style, I promise you. We're just It's a beautiful little... Um, hike around a, a, a flat lake it's not up hills and everything because there's loads of peaks at the lakes it's not anything like that it's just a there's a, a really large lake that I, I want us to all walk around it's got a lot of cool stuff to look at Um we can jump in the lake and have a swim in the lake Um if you want to we can just chill at certain spots and check out different things along the way and then we'll just come we'll circle back around and come to this really lush place which I know that's really nice and we'll have a campfire and stuff Um and we'll just chill out. Some people are going to be camping there, like I've said. Um, some people are going to be camp. Some people are going to be camping. Um, and some people are going to be sleeping in the cars. Some people are bringing campers down. Some people are just going to come down for the day and then head back and they head back. So you know, whatever you want to do, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see. I just want us to all hang out and see what happens. You know, and if the if this if the universe pulls you there, then it pulls you there. But I will say something interesting as well, just to add, the place where I want us to go is is definitely a, an interesting spot for, for different energies. That's what I will say. It re- really is. The ley lines. Yeah, the ley lines are there for sure. One more. Go on then. So Jackal says, speak from your heart. What's the solution for this time and age? And what do you want everyone to know do? Should I go first? Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's about reducing dependency on a on a system that's that's not serving you, and to do that you have to take so you have to be un have to take unapologetic sovereignty over yourself, and that's to not be reactive over people, to not blame other people for the way your life is, to take full ownership of yourself, and that's that's something that's really difficult to take ownership of yourself in your own emotional states and. And to also um, to take ownership of your life, of where you get your your food from, because 
if you you know if you're dependent on a supermarket that can say you need a vaccine then now you're, you're basically fucked so i think it's about all about reducing dependency and being more self-reliant at this stage yeah i couldn't agree more i mean that's that's the best answer you're gonna see it's evident to see that we've given so many of our powers away and um, we, we're all guilty of that we're trying to work our way back to that ourselves you know um so i would probably say something similar i would just say you know take your power back as best as you can um and you know like i feel like this is what we're all here for anyway you know i feel like we're all here winning our own little individual battles but i will also say as well that um i would say to someone out there i would just say one of the biggest things you can do is is focus on your own inner inner emotions and inner feelings start valuing your emotions over anyone else and over everything else because i think fundamentally a lot of this work comes from when you start valuing your emotions over anything else um, and you start getting back to to you instead of like allowing your rhythms to be dictated by other people you'll naturally find your natural rhythm and soul where you want to go yeah the single best bit of advice i've ever had in my life is just care about your feelings in so many like we grew up in such an, an like an emotionally abusive society that tells you that your your feelings are wrong or your feelings aren't you meant you're not meant to feel the way you do but as a matter of fact your feelings are a compass that are here to to guide you in the right direction and they shouldn't be numbed out they shouldn't be repressed they shouldn't be numbed out through distractions they should be really paid attention to yeah yeah we'll leave it there thank you so much everyone for turning up i really appreciate it and as always i say this but the questions are really intelligent really are and it's just it's such a i don't know it's such a good vibe it's just really cool we really love it and yeah. I, if you can't make it to the hangout we know we're still going to be doing these hangouts all the time if you can't make it to the in-person hangout um but if you can i cannot wait to see you all there yeah see you then peace, peace and, love. and love big see love you love bye. you all bye hope you like that podcast conversation there with me and laura and um, there'll be another podcast out in a few days time um if you can, as always, check out the one-off donation option and the Patreon page. You know, it really helps me to keep doing what I'm doing. And I, I always say that, but I can't let rid that anymore. It really provides a platform for this podcast, which is a conscious po- uh, platform. And it allows me to, to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I don't have big fancy budgets like other people are big uh, sponsors and deals with loads of other people, with loads of companies and stuff, you know. So this this allows, you know, you, the people, to to push this podcast forward and keep it going um, and I can't let rid of that anymore um, also now offering some one-on-one personal coaching if that also interests you on your journey and you need a little bit of guidance or someone a friend just to talk and bounce ideas off but all them links are found on the send podcast website uh, just to play this one out as I always do this one is a song that I used to listen to such a long time ago I really loved it um, and it just come back to my mind again it's called golden touch it's by uh, a group called Razorlight. So enjoy this song anyway, Golden Touch by Razorlight. Wherever you are in the world, keep seeking as always, and I'll catch you very soon. Peace out. I know a girl with a golden touch. She's got enough, she's got too much. Not around the sale, she has changed.
mean They're just jealous Because they never do the things They wish that they could do so well I'm gonna do the things that they wish that they could do so well.